Hey everybody and welcome to True Crime Paranormal with the Psychic Sisters. This is Katie Weaver and I'm here with my co-anchor, partner in crime and sister Christy Brower. Hello. Hello. Hey everybody. How's it Case going? numero trace of the week. That's right. It is Pretty Wednesday. Much what I remember from high school Spanish. So <laughs> it's also hump day. Miracles. Wednesday. Wow, look at you. One other thing I remembered from high school Spanish. I don't know why that matters right now because it doesn't. <laughs> look, it, it is so damn hot that our brains are scrambled. We're doing oh the best my we goodness. can. We really are. Mm. I mean, so... WTF America right now. Whew. It is 84 degrees in my house. And oh. we can't even begin to be nice to each other up in here right now. Yeah. That is terrible. <laughs> we had such a long night with the dogs last night. I finally had to put our little old Chihuahua Skippy on the floor because oh, wow. he would not quit licking Scott. <laughs> <laughs> Something about when it's a thousand degrees outside and in the house, you don't really like a hot, wet, sticky Chihuahua tongue on your back. <laughs> that is agreed. True. True statement. True statement. It caused enough contention. I finally had to make him sleep on the floor because, well, I couldn't take any more. But, <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Wow. I know this heat wave is super weird here for us. Mm -hmm. Mid-June is usually kind of rainy and cool and mm -hmm. certainly not in the freaking 90s mm -hmm. as it has been. We went to Sonic for Diet Cherry Limeades and they were out of like everything. <laughs> it's a thing. A sonic mm -hmm. thing, yeah, it is a sonic thing, but it's a heat wave thing too, you know. Yeah, people are beating their door down for something cold for sure. For sure, yeah. Well, we have a case today. This is a cold read that I am going to present to Christy. Some of you guys may be familiar with this case, it is after all 47 years old. Ooh. This is the case. Of the Lady of the Dunes. The Lady of the Dunes, okay. The Lady of the Dunes was a woman's body that was found in Cape Cod. So in okay. 1974, there was a girl that was playing with a neighborhood dog on the beach at Race Point Dunes. I think that was the mm -hmm. beach at, at Race Point Dunes and mm -hmm. in Massachusetts. And the dog ran barking towards something, so she went to check it out, kind of out in the brush, and it was a nude, disfigured body of a woman. Oof. This so, picture, by chance? Hmm? No, I'm yeah. just showing pictures, yeah. Yeah. So, Yikes. Yes. Oh. So she was laying on a green towel, kind of uh, on her face. The side of her head was completely crushed in. She had a fair amount of her teeth had been removed. Her mm -hmm. hair was actually still pulled back in a ponytail. She has auburn colored hair. Uh, she had a horrible gash in her neck that had nearly fully deca decapitated her head. Mm -hmm. And she was missing her hands. Yeah. Yikes. Someone had gone to some pretty good lengths to try to uh, 
prevent her from being identified through yeah. prints, dental records, things like that. True. And also her face was quite disfigured. And so obviously the authorities were called. This really rocked Cape, Cape Cod. There wasn't a, a lot of uh, crime there at the time. And it was an extremely upsetting thing for both the girl who found her as well as the entire community. Yeah. So they've, over the years, they've uh, reconstructed her face a bunch of times, trying to figure out who this poor girl is. She's actually, they figured she's somewhere between 20 to 35 years old. Wow. They have That's a big range. I'm sorry? That's a big range. It is a big range. They've exhumed her body twice. They actually went ahead and buried her. Um she has a headstone of an unknown person. It really shook the community. Like everybody feels like uh, they have some ownership, you know, that, that was there sure. at the time. This was a really, really painful and, and shocking and sad experience. So she was found on July 26th. They figured that her body had been there anywhere from 10 days to three weeks mm. when she was found. They didn't bury her until about September. And over the years, she's been exhumed twice. Wow. For more DNA testing and stuff, because they really have tried hard to figure out who this, who this person is, but to absolutely no avail. But over the years, they've done a whole bunch of different uh, face reconstructions, trying to figure out what, uh, you know, who, who, what she looks like. And mm -hmm. so we've got pictures of those. Yeah. So one of them was actually done out of clay. And then there was a, there's several drawings, some of them it's computer enhanced, you know, as technology has grown, so has, uh, you know, law enforcement's ability to reconstruct a face. And that this is sure. evidence of that. Now, in 19 or 2010, they used um, DNA formatting to reconstruct her face yet again. And that mm -hmm. is the most recent uh, look at her face is, is this one with green eyes and she's got uh, pale skin. She's redheaded. They believe this is really, you know, the most accurate representation of her up to date. Sure. But in 2019, her case file was opened yet again to see if they can do genealogical DNA to really figure out who she is. Now they are no closer to figuring out who killed her than they are in figuring out who she is. But there have been some theories over the years. So I'm going to share some theories with you. Okay. Interestingly, too, uh, years after she was found, an author came forward and said that she actually found her body first. Uh, an author named Sandra Lee said that she found the body first as a, a child, but it scared her so much that she never spoke of it oh, until wow. many years later. So totally unsubstantiated. There are just some weird things that are said about this case. So that's why I'm sharing that with you, because there's more. Mm -hmm. <laughs> People are really interested in this case in a kind of a strange way. Mm -hmm. uh, okay. So let me get to... So there was a woman who came forward who really believed that this was their sister. And she was uh, from Maryland, 
and she was absolutely certain this was her sister who moved to Boston and vanished. And the police uh, decided that leave was inconclusive. And that's as far as they got on that one. I still think that one's kind of compelling, to be honest. They didn't do any kind of, they haven't at any point done DNA? On that one, I don't know. They did on the next one. Uh, the next theory was that her, she's actually Rory Jean Kessinger, who was a known drug dealer and bank robber. Apparently, <laughs> Kessinger did resemble the victim mm-hmm. and had escaped from the Plymouth County Correctional Facility in Massachusetts the year before and had not been found. So they went as far as a DNA test with Kessinger's mother, and it did not match. Yeah. So then in 2015, author Joe Hill, who I don't know if you know this, but he is the son of Stephen King. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Insists that she was an extra in the movie Jaws. Oh, I have seen something about this. Mm-hmm. That she yes. was in one of the background scenes. So yes. she, her head was resting on a pair of folded up blue jeans mm-hmm. and a blue bandana. And there actually is an extra in the background of Jaws wearing blue jeans and a blue bandana. Mm-hmm. It's, there's, there's nothing to say it really was her, but it's not completely implausible. Uh, Jaws was formed in Martha's Vineyard, which is only a few hours away from where the body was found, uh, and not very long before the body was found. So Jaws didn't come out until 1975, but it was filmed before this woman's body was found. But the Mm -hmm. Jaws producers did not have names of any of the extras. I've heard that before because there are other people who have been extras. There have been other sort of mysterious things about the extras in Jaws. And I've actually heard this theory from Joe Hill. I think I saw it in uh, maybe on Reddit or somewhere, a true crime something. I didn't. Yeah. Doesn't mean I know anything about this case, but I remember reading about that theory that he was sure Mm -hmm. that she was in that film. And there were there's a few there's a few other weird things about the extras and Jaws and because they like they paid them each 50 bucks or something like that. Right. In cash. In the movie. Boom, done. And uh-huh. so there's no proof of who any of them actually were. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really yeah. weird. Because, yeah, I do know about that theory. Interesting. Now we're going to have to go back and rewatch Jaws, you know? I know, you know, as you know, Jaws is one of my most favorite movies of all time. I know, I know. I knew you'd be interested in that. I'm weirdly terrified of sharks, but I love shark movies. So well, go back and watch and come back and report. I will. I've actually seen a still from the movie. Okay. That shows maybe this person. Oh, interesting. If it is this person. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. So I'm going to say something uh, unpopular. I didn't like Jaws. (laughs) I think it's really boring and not fun to watch. (laughs) Wow. I know. Boring. Whatever. Uncool. Uncool. Very well, yeah. there you go, though. There's one of the theories. Okay. So, in 1987, a Canadian woman came forward and said that she believed that her she had witnessed her father strangle 
this woman while visiting Provincetown in the 70s. Just out of the blue. So, But no further information beyond that? Well, the problem is she wasn't strangled. She was killed yeah, she was. actually by blunt force trauma to the head yeah. and then other things. She was also sexually assaulted post-mortem um, with an object. Yeah. But um, it didn't quite match. But they did uh, pass that information on, the Canadian authorities did, to the Massachusetts police. By the time they tried to reach out to her, she had moved away and they were unable to get a hold of her. But they didn't really feel like her story uh, matched anyway. No, I'm not feeling that one at all. Odd, yeah. However, who did she see her dad strangle? Right. Did she right. actually see her dad strangle someone else? Right. Like, what in the actual hell is that about? That's a, yeah. an odd childhood memory to just suddenly conjure up, you know? She probably has lived with it all of her life and finally felt like she had to tell somebody. I would imagine. Yeah. Okay. Then, for some reason... Some people believe that she was murdered by James Whitey Bulger. Oh, really? Whitey Bulger, who did time in Alcatraz. I almost said Azkaban. Right. <laughs> well, pretty much the same thing. I have right. a real hair headset yeah. situation going on here. I think I fixed it. Um, Apparently. Alcatraz. Or it, yeah. Well, some witnesses had said that they saw him with a woman around the Cape Cod area that looked somewhat like this one. Mm. So some people believe that this was someone who was uh, consorting with him and that he killed her. Uh, he also removed the teeth of one of his victims uh, to prevent them from being identified. So some of it fits, but he was never actually... Removed, they were like knocked out, right? I think some of hers were removed. It's an interesting thing, though, because some of them remained, and she had gold-capped teeth that remained in her head. Mm. So maybe they were just knocked out. They, The articles mm. that I read have all said that she had teeth removed, but hmm. I don't know. I don't think so. I think they were knocked out. I don't think they were actually, like, pulled one at a time or something. They, they were knocked out. Yeah. Okay. And then in 2000... There was a murderer already in prison named Haddon Clark. And he confessed to killing the Lady of the Dunes. Unfortunately, though, Clark was a paranoid schizophrenic that uh, said a lot of stuff. Yeah. And no, they had no evidence that he actually committed the crime. So they just don't really know. He didn't. So at this point, they don't know. Still, but they're still really trying. Like I said, in 2019, they decided to try and go back. They're using the same method that was used to identify the Golden State Killer. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, which we've talked about a lot here on this uh, channel with familial DNA. Right. So it's still possible that they will get a lead on her um, if she has familial DNA in the system. So Figuring out who she is is huge, but um, figuring out who killed her would be equally huge. And that seems to be further away from figuring out her identity because they really have right. nothing, nothing to help them identify the killer. However, were they able to identify her, maybe 
people who knew her could shed some light on that. So we're going to take a quick break. When we return, Christy, I am going to ask you if you will give us a cold read on this case and tell us who, uh, give us an idea of who you think this girl is and what happened to her. Hey there, I'm Christy Brower from True Crime Paranormal. You know me from our podcast. But what you may not know about me is that I am a professional psychic and healer. I've been doing this work professionally for 15 years and, you know, more like 25 when it comes to working on myself. So as a reader, I'm very straightforward. I will always tell you the truth of what I see. I don't sugarcoat things. I want you I want you to hear the truth and be have all of the information that you need to make the best choices moving forward. As a master healer, I am a teacher and uh, an energy healer, an aura reader. I've had thousands of clients over the years in energy healing. I can heal all kinds of issues for you on the energy plane. And of course, that's only part of what needs healing generally in a situation. But healing on the energy plane is super important. It's the subtle things that keep problems hanging around, that keep old relationships from being able to be released for good, that keep, you know, painful things still stuck inside of you in some way or the other. So I love working with that kind of energy. So I do take private clients. The easiest way to come see me is just go to truecrimeparanormalpodcast.com. About halfway down the page, you'll see where it says get a reading with Christy and you can click a link. That'll take you right to the place where you can schedule with me. So I don't work a hotline anymore. I just take clients direct. And that's the way I really like to do it. My uh, preferred way to read is over the phone. But I can do a video call if you ask for that when you schedule your appointment. But I really look forward to working with you. Uh, reading people's energy bodies and and working with you in your life is really just an honor for me. I appreciate the opportunity and the trust that you give me. So if you'd like to connect with me, go to truecrimeparanormalpodcast.com and you'll see right there where to schedule with me. I look forward to getting to know you. And we're back. So welcome back to True Crime Paranormal with the Psychic Sisters. This is Katie Weaver. And we are talking today about the Lady of the Dunes, 47-year-old murder that uh, has yet to be solved, a victim that's yet to be identified. And I've laid out the evidence to Christy and some of the uh, theories around the case. And now I'm going to get out of her way and let her give us a reading on this case. Sure. You know, I honestly don't feel that any of the theories are correct. I don't feel that any of those potentials are actually her. I just feel like she, you know, has some similarity to other women. And I think also, um, you know, if someone's missing someone in their life or, you know, have a secret to keep, then they can kind of make the connection psychologically, but I don't feel that any of those are right. Her name starts with an A. It's Angela, Angel, Angelina, something like that. She was not from Massachusetts. 
I don't think she was even from the US. I feel like she came from Europe, that she was a tourist visiting, and that it was a stranger rape and assault. And that nobody knew who she was because she literally wasn't even from the US to begin with. I do feel that she was is European. Um, and I mean, that's saying a lot. I mean, I think she's Scottish or Irish, somewhere in there. Mm-hmm. And that she was visiting the U.S. and visiting those beaches there. And that there was a predator in the area who targeted her and murdered her and sexually assaulted her and left her on the beach. But she didn't really have any connection to anyone in that community because she wasn't from there at all. Okay. The killer. I do feel that he, um, he obviously, male, didn't seem to be terribly obvious, but you know, anyway, I do feel that he was active kind of in that area through that time. I do feel that he did commit other assaults and other murders and rapes. I actually feel like he went to prison for something else and is in prison now that he is not someone, I don't feel like he'll ever be caught for this particular case, but I do feel that he was caught for another case and that he's in prison for the rest of his life. Okay. I don't have a name or anything like that on him. You know, I don't often get names. And so I was pretty impressed when I got a name on her. Mm -hmm. Uh, But definitely there's a first name there of Angela or Angel or Angelina, something like that is her first name. Okay. Well, thank you. Well, you confirmed for me exactly what I believed as well. I I feel like she's not from the US. No. Which makes it super hard because there's just no connection. Mm -hmm. How could anyone even make a connection? She's literally um, an an international tourist. You know, in the 70s when. Yeah. The paper trail wasn't that great. And no communication wasn't that great and yeah yep i i hate to burst joe hill's bubble but i don't feel like she was actually in jaws uh somebody that looked similar to her was but it wasn't her mm-hmm. yeah interesting well much love to her family wherever they are right. as well as to cape cod because they have honored her all of these years and their police force have, there's been four different chiefs uh, that have worked this case now, and they're still working this case. Well, and I, I think that's wonderful because cases like this often just completely disappear. Yeah. You know, but you know how a, a case can kind of captivate a community. You know, we're going, yeah. we're, we're involved in one right now in right. our community. And yeah. I, I, I understand it, you yeah. know. For sure. Well, yeah. nobody wants, you know, their community to be a place where people come to get killed. No, you know? no for sure. But no, I feel like if we did a little that. research in like um, murder rape uh, situations in which someone went to prison in that area, I feel like we would probably find the person who who assaulted her. Mm-hmm. 
Okay. Well, and her poor family. I mean, she was traveling abroad. Yeah. And she just and never came home. She just never came home. They. I feel they like no it idea. was an extended trip that she had been in the States for a bit and was expected to be in the States for a bit. Yes. And that they didn't really know when to expect her home. And yeah. then she just never did come home. Yeah. And to, for them, they don't even know for sure. Is she alive? Right. You know, did she just decide to stay and cut everyone out, you know? Yeah. And we live in such a different world now. Mm -hmm. That wouldn't happen, you know, because of cell phones and, you know, all of the documentation to travel in and out of the U.S. And, you know, there's just so much that would track somebody down now. But in 1974? Right. No, wouldn't have. Well, you could lose touch. And you if could. you chose to lose touch, you could really lose touch. Right. But even if you didn't mean to, like in a situation like this. Yeah. It could certainly happen. Yeah. Yep. All right. Well, thank you for that. So there it is. That is the Lady of the Dunes. I believe this was a listener suggestion. So thank you so much for that. If yeah. you want to suggest a case, head over to truecrimeparanormalpodcast.com and scroll down. You'll find a spot to suggest a case. You'll also find ways to get readings from both of us. You'll find our merch store. You'll find our Patreon. Lots of ways to support us and get involved. And we love it when you do. But yeah. also for tonight, please like, share, comment. It does a lot for us. And we appreciate you so much for yeah. that. And subscribe. And if- please be sure to subscribe. If you are with us on YouTube or on Spotify or Apple or wherever you are, subscribe. That yes. means a lot for us. It does. It does. And it'll connect you with all of the work we're doing over here at True Crime Paranormal. Speaking of that, we will be back this evening at 7 p.m. Mountain for case updates. And boy, do we have some. Mm -hmm. Needless to say, Mark Bean seems to think he is a psychiatrist. Also, (laughs) or maybe just a good Well, he's not much of an attorney, so. (laughs) We'll tell you why. Mm -hmm. And then uh, tomorrow night, we'll be back Thursday night or sorry, we will be back on Thursday night with uh, the Psychic Hour at 7 p.m. So lots more to come this week and then watch for some pop-ups this weekend for normal. So thanks so much for being here, you guys. Have a wonderful day. Happy Wednesday. Take care. You've been listening to True Crime Paranormal with the Psychic Sisters. Bye, guys. If you're enjoying this podcast, don't forget to like and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. If you're watching us on YouTube, you can always like and subscribe there as well. We also love comments and reviews. True Crime Paranormal is hosted by Katie Weaver and Christy Brower and produced by Christy Brower. True Crime Paranormal is a short girl productions podcast.